I wanted to bring today's episode to the podcast talking all about abundance. Many times on the fertility journey, we may have been told a specific diagnosis and we may have been told that there's no hope and we might be feeling in a very scarce mindset. We may be feeling we're running out of time. We may be feeling impatient. We may be feeling we only have a certain number of eggs left. We may be feeling in this very scarce mindset. So I'm excited for you today to listen to our chat as we talk about really reframing this journey of one of abundance and really bringing in abundance and how do you cultivate that growth mindset. So excited for you to listen. Let's go. Hey, are you sick of the low AMH, high FSH label? Feel like it's defining you and there's no hope? You and your partner may be feeling heartbroken, frustrated, and unsure of your next steps. As you may know, I was diagnosed with premature ovarian insufficiency at 28, and I don't want you to struggle like I did. That's why I'm so passionate to get the word out that there are targeted changes that you can take right now that can improve your chances of pregnancy success, even when you've been told donor eggs are your only option. Whether you've experienced failed IVF cycles, been labeled a poor responder, or told that donor eggs are your only option, there are targeted steps we can take right now to improve your chances of pregnancy success with your own eggs. I'm excited to offer you a free guide, top diet and lifestyle tips to optimize low AMH and high FSH and improve fertility. All you need to do is go to gpnfreebie.com. That's G as in get, P as in pregnant, and as a naturally freebie, F-R-E-E-B-I-E.com to grab your free guide. That's gpnfreebie.com. Hey, as many of you know, a healthy gut is essential for preconception health for both men and women. And a probiotic is a good first step to help improve gut health. However, not all probiotics are created equal. That's why the FabFertile team and our clients love Megaspore Biotic. Typically, this probiotic is available exclusively from practitioners. However, I'm excited to announce that you can access this probiotic when you visit our Fab Fertile store. Plus, you'll receive 15% discount when you use the code VIP15 at checkout. All you need to do is go to bit.ly forward slash F-A-B-F-E-R-T-I-L-E-S-T-O-R-E. That's bit.ly forward slash Fab Fertile Store, and you can use the code VIP15 at checkout to receive 15% off your purchase of Megaspore Biotic. I didn't need to go to donor eggs. Obviously, I don't regret it. I have beautiful children. I could have done things differently. I was still cycling back in my 20s. I could have looked at my health, environmental toxins, the stress I was under. Many, many women are being told their eggs are too old. That's an assumption. You can't test egg quality. Many times it's the man. It's the man who's got a food sensitivity or the zinc deficiency. There can be a root cause to these quote unquote period problems. The doctor will pass you a pill without any question of why. Why is IVF the first step? Because we believe it should be the last step. Welcome to Get Pregnant Naturally, where functional medicine and natural fertility solutions will help you get pregnant and have your baby. Hey there, I'm Sarah Clark, founder of Fab Fertile and your host. I believe the functional approach is the first step for anyone on the fertility journey, and my aim is to help you get pregnant naturally. Today, I'm welcoming Samantha Coffin back to the podcast, and we're digging into how to cultivate an abundance mindset when you are trying to conceive. 
Samantha Coffin is part of my team here at Fab Fertile. She's an integral part of our couples coaching program, which uses functional lab testing, diet, and lifestyle changes to dramatically improve conception. If you're struggling with infertility, your body is desperately trying to tell you something and focusing on your health will either help you get pregnant naturally, or if you do need to go to the fertility clinic, it will help you improve chances of success. Sam is a wellness and mindset coach supporting people transitions from a full life of surviving to thriving. Sam herself lives with celiac, Lyme, endometriosis, and PCOS. She became a wellness coach because she believes everyone should be able to reach their full potential and thrive. Thanks so much for listening. I'm so thankful that you're here. Make sure you hit subscribe or follow. And if you know someone else who is on the fertility journey, please share this podcast with them. Hey, Sam, excited to have you back on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Today we're digging into abundance and we're going to think about it from a number of different angles. Like the fertility industry in itself is really creating this very contracted panic. Like we see a lot of people similar to myself, like super impatience. And then the fertility industry is like, you only have that one egg. You are running out of time. You had better rush. Like I had someone tell me the other day that they've been told they would be doing a very aggressive IVF and it was like a 5% chance of it working, but an aggressive IVF. And when you know, and that is the opposite of bringing our child into our life to really take us out of that sympathetic state into the parasympathetic, the rest and digest. And otherwise we're in that fight or flight and we're all up here panicking that we're running out of time. We have no eggs left and that, you know, it's going to cost all this money. And there is obviously some investment of money and there could be some truth in that. in some of these things, right? With the chrono, there's the age, the money, this is expensive, you know, and things like that. So today we're going to talk about how to cultivate this abundance mindset, because if you start going down that nasty little road of thinking, you know, the sky is falling and all these things are going to happen, you take yourself off track. And I have done this many times in my life where, you know, there's a problem I'm trying to solve. And then I'll be like, oh, I'm going to go over here. I'm going to go over there. Instead of just like taking the time, it's really trusting the process and then digging in a little deeper. I do believe in the tweak. Instead of, you know, many people come to us with making all these changes and they're like, well, what is your program going to do? You know, I've already made all these changes. So it's not completely overhauling everything they're doing. It's the tweak in all the different areas and trusting the process of that. So from an abundance mindset, what's your take? Yeah, I think abundance is so important, but it's also very difficult to get to, especially if you have gotten that scarcity message from your REs or whoever is supporting you on your fertility journey before you came to work with a team like ours. So, you know, you hear like, this is your last chance. You've only got these many eggs left. You've got to get on the next cycle. And what I love is like, when you share that immediately, two different clients come up to mind for me. One that she was working with us for a while, goes in to get new blood work and her RE is like, we have to do an IVF round now, you know, like it has to happen immediately. And her and her partner decided to try it home and they got pregnant. And then another couple, you know, she had this similar situation of like, oh, you only have one ovary, like, you know, all of this limiting belief. And she's like, you know what? She dedicated to this mindset work. She dedicated to abundance work. And when she went in to do the final testing before her next round of IVF, she was pregnant. And so to me, those are both great examples of how when you take that scarcity mindset that someone else is projecting on you and you decide to go a different way and believe in abundance, believe that your baby is coming, believe that your body can get pregnant and carry a baby to term, 
magical things can happen, but it is very difficult because you're constantly being fed all of this other information. If you're in support groups, they'll be that negative person. They'll be that scarcity mindset. They'll be the person that says, you know, you've got a 1% chance. I remember when I was told, you know, by an RE, you've got a 1% chance of ever getting pregnant on your own. You know, it's like, okay, cool. Well, guess what? There's a 1% chance. And so it's really being able to say like, okay, how can I continue to believe that this is going to happen? And like, I love the quote from Henry Ford, um, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. And what that really is saying is like, if you really think that that's not going to happen, you're going to self-sabotage. You're going to bring things into your life that are going to prevent that from happening. You're going to eat the food that causes inflammation. You're going to forget to take your supplements. You're going to stay up till two or three or 4 a.m. But if you believe that you can do this, then you're going to recognize that every small action you take, even if it's imperfect, is getting you closer to your baby. Absolutely. Yeah. It is that self-awareness piece, which takes time to recognize that because a lot of times we're on that automatic pilot. There's over 70,000 thoughts that may think during the day. And a lot of times we're just thinking the same thoughts every single day. kind of like, it's not going to work. I've been told donor eggs are my only option. I have a very low AMH. These people that come to see us, my FSH is too high. My AMH is too low. The doctor told me there's a 5% chance and that gets embedded in our subconscious and we can't seem to see you know, a path forward when we are seeing people like those two people that you just talked about, both with a low AMH and high FSH, being told that donor eggs were their only option and there they are getting pregnant naturally. And that's why I started this company to really help couples that similar to me, when I was diagnosed with POI at 28, I had no idea there's other things I could do. I actually thought I had it easier than other people because they had to go through years of treatment. I just select donor eggs, you know, off I go. And luckily I was fortunate enough that it worked, but years later, my health came to a crashing halt and I was forced to make these changes and then discovered this whole functional side of things. So when you're in that kind of low spot and you've been given these diagnoses from a, like, you know, you've got low A quality or you've got, you know, diminished ovarian reserve, or you've got like premature ovarian insufficiency and you've been told things are dire. And then, you know, we're here, our whole thing is hope because we've got success stories hopefully share with you that if it's possible for them, it can be possible for you. And each person is different, obviously. But then how do we kind of come out of that? If we're feeling in that low place, how do we then cultivate that abundance mindset? Yeah, it really is a fake it till you make a game, right? The first step is going to be noticing. And what I would say is like, if you notice yourself having that moment of complete scarcity, that moment of like doom and gloom, complete pessimism, like feel into your body, like do a body scan, you know, like are your shoulders in your ears? You know, do you have a belly ache? Like that's one of my first signs for me. It's like, I almost always get a belly ache, right? Do you have a headache? Are you really short tempered? Does something that normally would be like an easy obstacle for you all of a sudden seem like the world is crashing down, right? Being able to recognize like, okay, how does this negative self-talk, this self-sabotage, like what is it doing to my physical body? Because I think when you start to recognize that you're able to say like, wow, this is having a deeper impact on my entire life. It's not just, you know, okay, I'm going to walk out of the RE's office after they say, you know, I've got this diagnosis and then move through with my life, eating healthy and all of that. No, you're probably going to go through the drive-through. Right? Like you're not going to reach for the Cobb salad or, you know, have a nice bowl of broccoli. You're going to be like, where's the milkshake at? Yeah. 
Yeah. And so I really think that's the first place, right? Like I always think like notice and then progress, right? Like those are the things like you have to notice what it's doing to you first and how it's impacting things outside of your fertility, which most of these things are going to impact your fertility as well. But you might be at a stage where you recognize them as separate things. Yeah. Many times we don't notice it. So for me, it goes to anger or it does go to that like tension headache. It goes to like the jaw, like clenching and literally the shoulders at the ears and very contracted. Other people, it might be, you just go right to bed and kind of covers over the ears, or it might be you're like in just feeling very depressed or in grief and crying and all those emotions, whatever you're feeling, it's not to be like, oh my goodness, what's wrong with me? You know, I need to judge myself at this stage, just getting curious to sort of like, oh, that's interesting. Okay to see what your default pattern is. Cause many times we're doing the same thing over and over again. Right. And it's, if, if we go down to the depression, if we go into anger, if we go into you know the different emotions sort of see, okay. And then how is that serving us too? Yeah. I think a big thing with this is like pregnancy announcements too, right? So if you're on the journey, you might be someone that can be reactive. I definitely have been in the past to pregnancy announcements and be like, okay, well, let's step back and for a second, like, are we mad that they're pregnant? No, we're mad that we're not pregnant, right? And so being able to recognize like, okay, so this emotion actually comes from this place, not that place, because it's really easy to be reactive in that moment. Like I remember once there was, this was like the very beginning of my journey when I realized it was going to be difficult for us to have our children. You know, we had a friend that like accidentally got pregnant with her fifth kid. And I was just like, raging inside. I was like, how does this even happen? And I had to like recognize that like, she's happy. I should be happy for her. Like, this is a beautiful thing. Like, you know, this is a gift. This is something to be celebrated. And I can be frustrated, but being mad doesn't solve anything. It doesn't get me closer to my baby. It actually gets me further because I'm just stirring up all that inflammation in my body. Right. And that's not really how I feel towards her. Yeah. That's why some of these, you know, Facebook groups and other communities and things like that, it can be like having a community is really important. It can be really healing and helpful for the other people being able to shine a light on someone else who's going through the same journey as you can be really helping with, you know, empathy and compassion, self-compassion for yourself too. But other times we can go down that little slippery slope of everyone's complaining. It's a whole negative spiral and no, yeah, it's kind of like, well, how come the person around the street who's doing drugs can get pregnant? Well, we don't know the health of her baby, the health of her, you know, for us people listening to the, the, the podcast, it's infertility is the thing that we're dealing with. Other people can be dealing with cancer, diabetes, heart disease, all sorts of other things. We don't know about their health. So when they hear that analogy of like, oh, people in war countries can get pregnant. Well, we don't know all the other things that can be, you know, impacting their health. So I don't necessarily agree with that analogy, but it is this sort of, and it might be a, too big of a gap to get to a weight. If, you know, if I'm seeing the pregnant bellies or the children, that's for me. Like I know, obviously I'm on the other side of this journey, but when I'm out on a walk, like yesterday I saw, it was like right in a row, like there was like a 12 month old and then maybe like an 18 month old. One little guy was out there in his diapers. The other one was just, you know, walking around. I'm like, oh, clients are going to start announcing some pregnancies. Cause I'm like, when I notice are like strollers or like little babies in pouch, it's interesting. I'm like, oh, clients are going to start announcing. So being able to see that for yourself too, when you see that, like that's for you. Yeah. I love that. That's so beautiful. I think that it's really easy to like, you know, see the negative in the day, but like being able to notice, 
all right, there's moments in every single day that you have to be grateful for, right? If it's, you know, being able to spend time with, you know, maybe your sister's little baby that, and sometimes it's been challenging for you, but in this moment you can celebrate that she just started, you know, crawling or something awesome like that. You know, there's something to be celebrated every single day. There's something to be grateful for every single day. And the more that we're able to see those things and, you know, however we decide to practice that, the more that we can see those, we actually rewire our brains to see the good in things, right? Like I remember when I first started practicing gratitude with my husband, he had a hard time coming up with three things every single day. But now he's at the point where he'll like, it'll be the middle of the day. And he goes, I'm grateful for this (laughs) because he's rewired his brain to be like, to think like, wow, this is awesome. Like, you know, we have a lot of challenges in our lives. So we also have so many things to celebrate and to be happy about and to, you know, really bring forward at the end of our day to be like, yeah, that was a really great day. It is interesting with couples too, where we're coaching them sort of typically one person will be the pessimist, the glass half empty, other person optimist. I don't know. I don't normally see two optimists together and I didn't normally see two pessimists together. Although I do consider my husband and I more both optimists like on the scale of optimism, I'm probably more optimistic than him. I'm like, okay, let's fix, like, we're going to, you know, it's going to make it happen when whatever's going on. I'm like, okay, well, blah, blah. and he might be like, oh, and he may give up a little bit, but in general, he wakes up optimistic. What's your take there on that piece? I love that. I do think that's an opposites attract thing. I think pessimists are drawn to optimists and vice versa. And I think the longer you're together, the closer you get to both of you, you know? I really do believe that because I've seen it in our couples. I've seen it in my relationship, the people I surround myself now with, right? Like the majority of the people in my life are optimists. It it actually drains me to be around optimists. Yeah. And so I'm just like, I might love you, but like, we've got a limited time frame where we can be together. And I think that that's really an important learning curve as, you know, growing into your truest self, like My husband didn't believe that his dream job was possible and he is as close as I think he'll ever get to it. And he's just like, how did this happen? You know, like, how did I get here? And it's just like, you made it happen. You believed in these little moments that led up to this big moment that landed you in this amazing space, you know, like... When I started my fertility journey and I started to realize I wanted to be in the wellness space, like I made this happen being in this space where I get to, you know, support women and their partners every single day, getting closer to their babies, right? This didn't happen by mistake. Hmm. Yeah. It's interesting when you look at your career, when you're younger, like I never visualized myself having a fertility business. I actually started off doing a weight loss and then I never even struggled with weight. So I don't even know. It's interesting how, cause I'm like, oh, things will come organically. I'm like, that is the most insane thing I've ever heard but the best things actually have, right? Or you're like, oh, here it is. And then, oh my goodness. And, but it is to kind of get out of your own way to see it. And then you could have like issues from childhood and things like that. You might've grown up with like that scarcity mindset. So for me, I grew up with my mom who her parents were from the depression. We must keep all the money and spend nothing. And my dad, although he's from England and grew up in the war there, like literally his dad was on the beaches of Normandy and my family is very tall. And his dad was, well, my grandfather, I'm very tall. And they were all wading into off the beaches there on D-Day, not D-Day, but Dunkirk. They were wading into the water. And my grandfather was like six, three. And that's when everyone had their cigarettes and his cigarettes were on his top pocket and they were dry because everyone else's were wet. So he was, he was the big hero there to give everyone their cigarette. But so they grew up in a war, like in England in the war, but they also wanted to like 
shower my dad with all these presents and gifts. And it was always, even though they didn't have a lot, it was like our Alan, <laughs> they always say our Alan, he got everything. And so he always wants to like give everything and very generous, but then it's like everything that comes in, it all could be spent. You know, entrepreneur had like really big highs and really big lows, you know, throughout his time. And so this is two different money mindset pieces too, around scarcity and abundance. And so I kind of got a, a mixture of the two of them going, you know, where I'm like, I deserve it all. And then I'm like, oh, then I may, you know, not hold on to it. And so it's like interesting on that piece too, right around abundance with money, with time. And in this state, obviously with the fertility journey, being able, if other people are around you having it, you can have it too. What's your take? Yeah, I love all of that. I think it's so important. Like when you notice something about yourself, like, oh, am I an autist or I'm a pessimist? Do I have a growth mindset or a fixed mindset? Like when you take that moment and you're just like, all right, where did I learn these behaviors? Where did they come from? Like I have been a chronic optimist my whole life because I grew up around a slew of pessimists. And I was just like not accepting this. Right? <laughs> I was in complete denial. And we grew up with minimal resources. You know, we were on welfare and food stamps. And a lot of my family members have struggled dramatically in their lives. You know, I had a time where we were homeless. When I look back on my life, I think of those years when I was homeless as being like some of the best because I was connected. We camped, we were in a campground and we were just like, you know, connected to the earth and like really came home to ourselves and spent this really deep quality time together. And so that's always been me. But then like, I sometimes don't give up because of things like I don't want to give up or pivot or change because of that. And when I look at that, I'm like, oh, it's because of these experiences as a child, right? Like I just keep going. It's Energizer Bunny, right? (laughs) And so, and my husband was raised by a dad that was a bit more on the pessimistic side and didn't, you know, fight for things too fast or like just accepted that some things are just maybe out of his reach. You know, like I mentioned for my husband, I was like, this is not out of your reach. You can go and get it. I just had a meeting with one of our couples last night, actually talking about like how this connects with like how our intimacy or how we connect with one another based off of how our parents, you know, acted around us, if it was with one another or if it was towards us and really being able to reflect and again, come back to this noticing. And the biggest question I think that got them was I was like, okay, well, what do you want your child to see? Do you want your child to see that you have a fixed mindset and you just see all these limits around you? Or do you want your child to see you reach for the stars? Because, you know, they're not going to, you know, do what we say. They're going to do what they see us doing. And so really taking that moment to like reflect on your life and be like, all right, this is the opportunity to create myself into the parent that I want my child to be raised by. That is interesting too. Yeah. Going back to like that inner child work where you can actually you know, reparent your experience. Well, maybe it would have been a, you know, a tough experience. Like my mom's more pessimistic. My dad's more optimistic, but like, then you can have, you know, your ideal parent be able to visualize that because sometimes we get stuck with what it was, or you can start to be able to change that and work back on it. I'm like, okay, well, this is how I visualize it. And then two, visualizing how you want to be as a parent. I love that. And so being able to reframe our words around this is interesting too, or, you know, we're running out of time. There's only one egg where we feel a panic. And so those loops start to go through our head. Like we talked about the 70,000 words that you made, that thoughts that you'll have throughout the day, and you'll have the same ones again the next day. And so what are you, are you negatively hypnotizing yourself or what are you putting into your mind? Right. And sometimes it can be interesting on these sort of ones where, because I consider myself fairly 
very optimistic and like, let's go. Then I'm like, oh, how did that get in there? Like, I'm thinking about some crap and it's like over and over again. And so to be able to catch yourself, it's like, oh, that's interesting. That's where I'm going now. I love that. Yeah. So what I hear a lot from people is like, there's usually this one recurring phrase that you keep saying to yourself in, in any given chapter in your life, right? Like right now it might be like, I'm never going to get my period back, right? Because we work with some women that have lost their cycles. And so, all right, let's reframe that. Like I'm working towards restoring my period. You know, my body is capable of healing. I am supporting my body every day, you know, being able to recognize like, what is that recurring message that I'm hearing? And sometimes you can't even hear it, but maybe your partner can, or maybe, you know, a fertility coach can, they'll hear it for you and be like, okay, but how can we say that differently? And it might be so uncomfortable that you need to like post it all over your house, right? (laughs) You know, maybe you get your cycle back and you're so terrified that it's going to leave again. It's like, okay, great. So we need to just believe that it's going to stay. You know, if you can't do that organically for yourself, which is difficult, then put it all around you. Tell your partner, like, remind me this, right? Because when you begin to remember it, begin to say it again and again and again, you're making space for that instead of stressing your body out, right? Like how many of us as teenagers ended up with a delayed period because we were so stressed out about something and then stressed it wasn't coming, right? Like it's this vicious cycle. But when we actually like just chill out, she shows up, right? (laughs) And so I really believe that this is definitely a tricky part, like reframing your words, but maybe you journal it out. Maybe you're like, all right, this is the phrase that I keep saying, or this is what I keep thinking and being like, let me write a different story for myself. And even in sex ed class, like I had a girl's last weekend and we were talking about, remember in grade seven, when they showed us that video of the baby being born with all the blood and we were all like, all of us still remember that video. I don't know if they're still showing something like that. Like it like horrified us and we're like, oh my God, never. And so there could be some fear. There could be some apprehension. There could be some trauma like locked in there from like, oh my goodness, this is going to be really painful and there's going to be a bloodbath and it's going to be, or it could be like, you know, the world's not safe right now with all the things going on. So all those different things we have, either if we might've experienced a traumatic birth for our first child and we've got secondary infertility or, you know, I tried to have the second one and maybe there's trauma there. So it's, recognizing sort of some of those thoughts that you may have. And that does come up. We have EFT, so emotional freedom technique is part of one of our referral partners as part of our program. And yeah, and the theme when we're speaking with her is safety, like safety for us, safety for our children, safe in our bodies to be able to conceive. And we may not even know that's the case. And so we're just kind of stuck. Gut health and dysbiosis are often overlooked factors among couples with infertility, diminished ovarian reserve, and premature ovarian insufficiency. However, the science is clear that a leaky gut and the microbiome can contribute to an infertility even in people without digestive issues. Factors such as long-term birth control usage, antibiotics, or chronic stress can negatively impact our gut, predisposing us to leaky gut and gut infections. That's why our go-to recommendation for our clients and myself, I use this every day, is a probiotic. However, not all probiotics are created equal. For a probiotic to perform its necessary function, it must naturally survive the stomach's harsh environment and arrive to the intestines alive. A true biotic designed by nature is a species found in our environment as well as in our digestive system. Over 95% of probiotic products in the marketplace today do not meet these criteria. 
That's why here at Fat Fertile, we love Megaspore Biotic Probiotic. Megaspore Biotic contains strains that have been proven to impede the growth of unwanted bacteria and yeast while strengthening the immune response and producing essential nutrients at the site of absorption. Check out the podcast episode I did, Can Probiotics Help Fertility, with co-founder of Microbiome Labs, Kiran Krishnan. He is a research microbiologist. It's a fascinating episode. I am excited to offer you a 15% discount when you purchase Megasporbiotic at our Fab Fertile store. All you need to do is go to bit.ly forward slash F-A-B F-E-R-T-I-L-E-S-T-O-R-E. That's bit.ly forward slash fab fertile store and use the code VIP15 at checkout to save 15% on your order. That's the code VIP15 at checkout to save 15% on your order. Can you maybe talk a little bit about the fixed mindset versus the growth mindset, kind of what you're seeing? Yeah. So I'd love to share an example of that, right? So say someone says, I never remember to take my supplements. I would say back to them, okay, so how can we say that differently so that, you know, feel like you want to, because when you say, I never remember to take my supplements, you're self-sabotaging. You're saying like, that's not something I can do. I'm not capable of that. You know, it's the mindset of like, oh, I'll just start over on Monday or, you know, next week or next month, you know, it's just like, you've just given up, you've given up in that statement, right? Well, okay. What if you could say each time I take my supplements, I'm helping my body heal. Because taking supplements, if this is new to you, it's a challenge. It's something that you're going to progress towards getting better at. It's not going to happen overnight. For some people, it does. And lucky them. (laughs) I definitely wasn't one of them. Right? It took me time. And it was like, okay, let me start with one. Let me start with two. Let me just recognize like, oh, hey, I'm in the kitchen. I'm remembering. This is awesome. I'm getting closer to my baby. Right. Instead of celebrating those moments instead of beating yourself up for not being perfect. Because what even is perfect? We're not striving for perfect. We're striving for progress, not perfection. We're going to, you know, look for these little changes that we've made over time because they're going to compound and they're going to help your body heal. But if you just stress out about not taking your omegas, you're just going to cause inflammation anyways. Yeah. And that perfectionist piece is a theme we see with our couples, right? Where it's like, oh my goodness. I've got to do all of this perfect. And there is a number of things when we start with the program, right? We're making some changes. Most people that come to see us have already made significant change. You know, we're asking you to dig deeper and to look at all areas of your life. And so the perfectionist piece can pop up and people kind of be like, they think it might be a strength where perfectionism, that is just like stress on you to try to make things perfect where it'll never be perfect. Like done is better than perfect. Get her, like get going. And it kind of hiding behind it, Right that, oh, I got to make it perfect. And then we don't start. And then we get overwhelmed or we stop, we self-sabotage. And so it's to be able to catch yourself if you're finding perfectionism is something for you. And so, yeah, that's not something that I personally deal with. I'm like, I think all of us have a certain amount where you want to like produce good work and do things of a high quality. But as far as I believe in the done is better than perfect thing. And so for the supplements, yeah, if you were supposed to do them three times a day and you did them in the morning, okay, I'll do better again the next day. But sometimes people are like, "Uh oh, I'm done. Or like, oops, like you have celiac, but like I've been eating gluten-free for like 12 years. You, I know, you know, way longer. In the beginning, I literally probably gluten myself unintentionally, like all the time. I'd be having fries that were coated in flour and I'd be like, oh my goodness, I'd start again and start again. It took me a while to be like, oh, okay. 
first of all, what are the foods that potentially could be getting in and causing inflammation? But I kept going. And so we see a lot of people like you turn around before like you're in the coal mine, they're hacking away and you turn around before you get to the gold because it can get messy in there. It can get tough. You know, basically you're second guessing yourself and not trusting the process. Which yeah. You're not trusting yourself. No, exactly. I mean, I know for me, there's been a few supplements I've been on recently that I have to take them by a certain time in the day because they have B vitamins in them. It's like a compounded, like a group of them and B vitamins are super stimulating for me. And so I can't take them after a certain time of the day. And so I had this pattern of being like forgetting to take that second dose of it. And I was like, all right, well, you can't take it just now. Like I could do with almost any other supplement, right? I was just like, oh, I remember now I can take it now. So instead of being upset with myself, I'm like, okay, what is the challenge here? And it was that I was eating breakfast a little later and therefore I was eating lunch a little later. And then I was kind of rushing through lunch. And so I forgot. And so instead of being mad at myself or, you know, just giving up, I worked backwards to find the solution. And I know that all of our fertility coaches do this with our folks here. Like, okay, so getting to bed at 10 has not happened. Okay, so let's rebuild this goal. Maybe we try to go to bed at 11, or maybe we try to just take 15 minutes difference, you know, each day or each week, like little goals that feel more manageable for you. Instead of just being like, all right, I'm going to jump in cold turkey to this massive goal. Well, this goal didn't work for you. And that's okay. It doesn't mean you failed. It just means we have to create it differently to get you to that end goal. Yeah, because if, if you're going to bed at 1 a.m. and we're be like, I want you to start going to bed at 10, like you may last for a week and then you'll be like, forget that. And you slip back in the old pattern. So it's easier to do smaller change increments. And next thing you know, like, oh, now I feel tired at 1030 because you've reacclimated your body. Okay, learning something new. Yeah. So this one's fun because you might not think about it when you're thinking about abundance, right? It really doesn't come in at the same time. But when you're learning something new, you have to have patience. You have to know that progress comes first, right? That you're going to notice where you're struggling and adjust and figure out how to learn new parts of it. I remember the first time I was teaching myself how to crochet. Like I didn't start with a sweater. Like, you know, I started with like a line, like a washcloth, right? (laughs) And then I moved up to a hat, you know, these little transitions. And so when you are learning something new, you're putting yourself in that abundance mindset. And so then you'll be able to notice and feel it, you know, and you might have those frustrating moments, but again, that's like, it's a smaller version of this bigger thing you're going through. So if your fertility journey is the big one, then maybe, you know, learning to play the ukulele is your little one. And so it should be something that sparks joy in you. And that is exciting for you. So like, I can't choose it for you. But the whole idea of it is to show you like those different feelings of that growth mindset, of that abundance mindset. Like, wow, this is challenging. Wow, this is difficult. Let me, let me figure out how I can do it. Let me watch this video. Maybe I need a different teacher. With crocheting, I had to find, you know, someone that could teach left-handed crocheting. Right? <laughs> it like took a while. <laughs> I learned that like just reading it didn't work. I needed a video. It was like, it was a learning process. And so I really encourage people to do that because not only is it going to spark that joy, which might be depleted on this journey, it's also going to teach you to notice these different changes in your emotions. Yeah. And to show compassion for yourself as you're learning it right now. Like, oh my goodness, why don't you know this? You should know how to crochet an entire wardrobe. (laughs) I thought of doing that. My (laughs) crocheting and my sewing skills are 
next to nothing. But yeah, to have that on that creative side too, right? And sometimes people think, you know, creativity, we need to do scrapbooking or we need to do music or things like that, but it can be like appreciating beauty. Like for me, I like going to art galleries or I like museums. And we were in a city on the weekend a couple of weekends ago. And my husband's like, let's go into churches. He's like, I love churches, you know, looking at stained glass and things like that. So admiring things. So I like that kind of like the new thing would be going somewhere new. Yeah, I love that. I think that's great. We had um, a couple a while back that we worked with that was really trying to break up. Their date nights had been revolving around food and booze, and they really wanted to change that. And so what they ended up doing was setting goals around non-food or drink date nights. And what that looked like was like kayaking and hiking and, you know, learning all these different um, outdoor activities together, right? Like exploring this new park, you know, going on a picnic and it just brought so much joy. It showed them their city in a whole new light. And, you know, just, it was really exciting, right? Which also is going to help with your intimacy. And so it's just, it fed them from one goal of just trying to move away from from restaurants that were not serving their bodies and alcohol that was causing inflammation for both of them. Instead of seeing that as like, oh, that means we don't get our date nights anymore. They decided to pivot it into a whole new activity that really, you know, fed their brains and got them happy. Yeah, because it's interesting, our society, right? Especially after the last two years, you know, you might've been cooped up and now everyone's like, well, we're getting to parties and we're going out for dinners and all this sort of stuff. I'm like, but there's other ways we can get together. I, just last week, I was like, how come everything in person I'm getting together with, I've got to eat? And I have to, like, if I'm drinking, I'm like, what is with this? It was interesting where I'm like, every single gathering, I'm like, I like together with friends and going for a walk or like doing something different, right? And experiencing something. Because it's not all about like eating and eating. I'm like, okay, what food can one person eat? But yeah, it's interesting in our culture where you get, where like, oh, I can only do date nights by going out to the restaurant or like we have a whole blog on this about all different ideas, you know, for date nights. So to do things, just mix it up really. Right. Cause we get stuck on that rut. Yeah. We went to an animal sanctuary. Like that was one of my, you know, most favorite ones. We usually, when we go away, we'll stay in places with kitchens and we make our own food and then we go out and explore. We actually did a kayaking sunset tour in July. That was really awesome. Also in July, we'd got kayaks a separate time and like went to a private beach. You know, it was like, there's all these fun opportunities that you can create these moments, these memories that'll last forever that you're not going to get if you stay in your fixed mindset. Mm-hmm. And then, so daily affirmations, what are we seeing there? Yeah. So again, this is something that like, you're going to be able to create based off your beliefs and where you want to switch. And this is definitely a fake it till you make it. Almost every time one of our clients at affirmations, it's something that they have a really hard time with. Like worthiness is a big one. And so one that I know many of our people have plastered all over their houses is I'm worthy of becoming a mom. You know, there's something in them that came from somewhere. If it was trauma, if it's their inner child, if it's, you know, experiences they've had that just like tell them they can't, or like, you know, we've had some people with miscarriages, like, will my body actually be able to take this baby to term? Like I can get pregnant, but like my belief stops there. And so like, okay, what's the affirmation that you can create that you say to yourself every day that teaches your body that we believe this? And this isn't new. Like if you're on social media, you've seen amazing ones of little girls looking at themselves in the mirror saying, I am brave. I am strong. It's the same exact idea. Like this is you parenting yourself again. This is you saying like, I have the power to change my story. You know, I trust my body that it will get pregnant. I mentioned earlier, my cycle is improving every month. 
I am proud of who I am becoming. I already am a great mother, right? Because the moment you started trying, you became a mother. The moment that you joined all of us on this fertility journey, you became a mother. Every decision you're making right now is making you a better mother. It's helping you along this journey. You healing your gut is giving your child one of the best gifts you can give them. And so, you know, you're already doing that work. So being able to believe like I am, I am a great mom, me taking this supplement, me, you know, doing this self-care work is making me an even better mom, you know, and really believing that. And I'm talking like everywhere in your house, your bathroom mirror, your screensaver on your phone and your computer next to the fridge, by the front door in your wallet, like put them everywhere. Tell your partner what they are so that you can start to feel what it means like to actually believe that. Yeah. To really, you know, to rewire your brain because, uh, you know, you may be thinking something else. So it's like, but sometimes when we do these affirmations or work with a lot of couples and it's hard for them to actually like, Ooh, you know, I am a mother or I am worthy of being a mother. And it might not even sit right. It's kind of like, Ooh, so there is the, yeah. Like you said, the fake it till I make it. And other times it could be just like, I am eating healthy foods that are nourishing my fertility. You can kind of maybe the one, like I am fertile just doesn't quite resonate. So it is to pick one that will resonate with you and then you can build upon it and to recognize right now that you might have a negative one that you're stuck with that you didn't even really know was there. You're like, how did that get in there? That wasn't even from me. That was the RE that told me, you know, that you have no chance that it's donor eggs. And so to get someone else's thoughts out of your head and to put something else in there that has to resonate with you though. Absolutely. You said it exactly like it's going to be deconstructing backwards until you get to that one that is like, okay, I still don't believe that, but I believe that more. Yeah. <laughs> right? like, and so like, I am happy. I am healing. I am on a healing journey. I am proud that I've started this program, you know, wherever that looks like for you, like today I am proud of myself. Right. It doesn't have to be directly connected to your fertility or you're becoming a mom or, you know, a parent, but it just needs to be something that helps you progress towards like believing in something that you're struggling to believe in. Mm-hmm. And then as you do the work back with like looking, not to say that, you know, we've got to all keep going back to the childhood, but some of that childhood trauma and beliefs that you might have taken from your parents that no longer serve you, you can start to rewire that. And to reparent yourself and then that worthiness piece of whatever, you know, maybe with a scarcity piece of things or the impatience, the frustration, the anxiety, depression, things that you may have taken from your parents, right? That you don't even know that that was the case. So being able to look at that and go, oh, that's interesting. I wasn't born anxious. Yeah, exactly. And there's no judgment in these feelings, right? Like whatever you're feeling, it's like, okay, so there's a reason I'm feeling and I don't really know why, but what can I do about it? Right. And like, I think we see the most frequently is that you're worthy and that you are enough. And, you know, almost every single person, I mean, I don't even want to say almost like every single person that has come to us and they feel like it's never going to happen. We can tell them a story about someone that had 10 zillion more problems or struggles or obstacles or, you know, things against them that made it happen. You know, like we see this with money. I was like, okay, well, guess what? Like we've seen people that were really struggling with money decide that they were going to choose a different path and figure out how to make things work and look where they are now or with time being able to be like, oh, wait a second. I saw this person that was working 80 hours a week start to figure out how to be home for dinner, 
right? And your age, your age is not usually an obstacle. It's in your head because that's what culture has taught you, right? Or your numbers, you know, low MH, high FSH, like we can tell you stories. We have one ovary, you know, like we can tell you of all these stories of people that have, you know, overcome this because they believed it because your life is as good as your mindset. And these people had great mindsets and that's what helped them overcome some of the biggest challenges they've ever faced. Yeah. Because otherwise it is, you know, I keep saying like, we can't do the work for you. We've come here and sort of our dark night of the soul and have made these changes and then now want to help others because we're like, wait a minute, once you discover this, you start a podcast, you have to kind of spread the word because it's like, why don't other people know this? Why have you, you know, why does your RE or your OBGYN, why do they tell you the only option is IVF or donor eggs or medicated cycles? And no one's even saying, and when you ask them diet and lifestyle changes, they're like, nah, that doesn't matter. A few are starting to say, oh, maybe it matters a little bit, but really no, you've got to rush to that IVF. So Yeah. I can share that I have fired three REs that didn't believe in lifestyle changes. And I have four chronic illnesses that are directly connected to lifestyle. And that is known, like there's plenty of doctors that support that. And, you know, I was really blown away by that. And I was just like, okay, so this isn't the journey for me because you're probably not even going to find the right conventional treatment for me because you're not seeing me as a whole human. You know, you're not recognizing that like IVF medications will make my body into a fireball and, you know, putting an embryo right into that is not going to work. And, you know, finding the doctor that's like, Hey, maybe we should be on some omegas and maybe, you know, we should look at prenatals that have, you know, methylated B because we know you have the MTHFR gene, you know, like if IVF is part of your story, there are REs out there that will think like us right, (laughs) and Mm -hmm. see you as a whole person and you deserve that type of care. Mm-hmm. This to me, like making these changes first, either get pregnant naturally or yeah. do of the clinic, you know, it actually works. So being able to trust the process, you know, you can DIY this obviously, but then you get stuck in that generalized recommendations that have worked for someone else and may not work for you. And so being able to have a guide that's been there before to really help you get out of your own way and give a plan because, you know, to me, you don't want to waste time and you want to take this in a, you know, in a targeted manner and looking at your mind, body, spirit really with this and addressing those limiting beliefs, those issues that those things you may have taken from someone else, from your RE, from your parents, from whoever that have said that, you know, you're going to struggle and to really be able to question that. How true is that? How true is it that, you know, this has to be a struggle. It can be like a journey to health, right? And you're like, how the hell did I even, like before this, what was I doing? And maybe you were eating soup out of a can and (laughs) I didn't really drink a lot of pop, but like just eating junk. And now I'm like, oh, okay. And so really to change your whole life in a positive way. And not, it doesn't happen overnight, but like in a very short period of time, like it takes 90 days for the egg to renew itself, the life cycle of the sperm, 70 to 80 days. So in a very short period of time, you can make massive change to your health. And part of this is mindset, believing it's even possible. I was just, before we got on here, I was doing some reels. And one of the ones I was just talking about hope, like we're here to show you there's hope, right? Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think that's, what's so unique about our program. And so, and so important is that when you, you know, have that negative mindset day, 
you have us, we're there for you. We're not judging you. We're not, you know, here to say like, oh, get over it. You know, we're like, yeah, we've been there. It's hard. What can we do? You know, these are the tools we've tried. And these are the ones that are seeming to work a little bit. Like, how can we adjust this? Right. That's a huge part of our work. We're not just, you know, taking the tests and, you know, getting these protocols done. We're actually supporting you on implementing all of the goals and growing your mindset and really understanding like, why do I feel that I have to be perfect to get anywhere, right? Like this is a huge part of it. It's not just about like, oh, what do I eat to get pregnant? It's like, how do I believe that I deserve to get pregnant? Mm-hmm. Any final thoughts on this, Sam? I really think that, you know, you need to remember that you're enough and that you're worthy of your baby and you're not alone. And definitely that you don't have to do anything perfectly. You just have to be willing to do it. I love it. You always make me cry. Oh, awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I know firsthand what it's like to be told that IVF is your only option to have children. And in my case, I was diagnosed with premature ovarian insufficiency at 28 and told that I could only have children with donor eggs. And I know that IVF can feel like your next logical step. And you probably feel like you've already tried everything. I know when I dreamed of having my family, it certainly wasn't with IVF. And although IVF can be successful with an average success rate of about 30%, what about the couple that has experienced one, two, three, four, or more failed cycles? We see this quite regularly and it's heartbreaking and financially devastating. And with low AMH and high FSH, you may have had failed cycles, been labeled a poor responder and told that donor eggs are your only option. So before you commit emotionally and financially to another IVF cycle, I want you to know the exact steps you can take to improve your chances of pregnancy success with low AMH and high FSH. That's why I'm excited to offer you a free guide, top diet and lifestyle tips to optimize low AMH and high FSH and improve fertility. Access your guide at gpnfreebie.com. That's gpn f-r-e-e-b-i-e.com to access your free guide. The Get Pregnant Naturally podcast, including show notes and links, provides information with respect to healthy living, nutrition, lab testing, and is intended for informational purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor is it to be construed as such. We cannot guarantee that the information provided on the Get Pregnant Naturally podcast reflects the most up-to-date medical research. Information is provided without representation or warranties of any kind. Please consult a qualified physician for medical advice and always seek the advice of a qualified health care provider with any questions you may have regarding your health and nutrition program.